Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. What is up? Welcome to the 10th episode of our special edition podcast, Talk and Pitch. And today we are joined by the owner of what is, according to Colin McHugh, one of the tightest and nastiest sliders he's ever seen. He's currently a pitcher for the undefeated Lotte Giants, where he's coming off a seven inning, three hit, 11 strikeout performance. Thanks to said slider and some beautiful changeups, by the way. He's the father of a soon to be lefty all star. He's about to release the first episode of the Journeyman podcast, which is coming out very soon. You can find him on Twitter at Dan Straley. 67, the one, the only Dan Straley. Dan, thank you so much for joining us today. I feel like that was that was the best intro I've ever received. <laughs> He's really um, good at that. Are we good? Are we good? We're, we're, we can just cut here. We're done. <laughs> That's it, man. That's it. That's it. That's it all you need. Be, it's, it must be coming with your old age, man. You're getting you're getting wise now. <laughs> yeah, the oldest one here. Uh, yeah. Pops and all. Um, yeah. So, so first thing, I mean, it's obviously hard to go from the MLB to the KBO, and we're just curious what that process is like. Uh, so, like joining the KBO, what is that like? What's your first day like, and how has it been so far? Yeah, being a, a journeyman in you know the last decade across America, essentially, I put together a list the other day of all the cities I've played in, uh, doing some prep work for our podcast, and I was like, I didn't realize the amount of places that I've called my home team. Uh, all the stops, the minor leagues and the major leagues along combined. And um, so I'm, I'm no stranger to walking into like a, a new clubhouse for the first time. Like that's something I've done plenty of times. But to walk into a new clubhouse where me and two other people speak English and it's like if everyone spoke Spanish, like at least I would like to get like a little bit idea of like what's going on, like how to comprehend what's going on around me. But I spoke zero Korean and I couldn't even tell you like what Korean like landscape looked like. Like it was just like so bizarre. So to come into this environment, uh, like day one was a little intimidating, but these guys have been awesome, dude. Like, uh, there's one thing I'm learning really fast is that like baseball, like there's, there's so many, like com- there's so much common ground in language. Um, a lot of things they use is, is English for describing things. And so that's made things a lot easier. Baseball is really, I mean, it's the only thing we really have. So it's been, it's, been our bond between me and my new teammates and uh yeah like the adjustment process um you know i guess i'm three months into it now so very well adjusted but at the time like it was just intimidating meeting all these guys for the very first time uh, there, there's so many directions that we can go in right now so i'm just going to try and pick one because there's so many things i'm excited to pick your brain about um you, you would obviously know far better than I would, but in the two starts that I've watched so far, it seems like the game plan is still about 45 to 50% fastball with some sliders, some change-ups mixed in every once in a while. Uh, and then, you, you know, you, you have that curveball now, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. Obviously, the KBL a little bit different, a little more contact-oriented, a little less three true outcomes. So I, I'm curious to hear about any changes you've made in terms of how you're approaching hitters, if at all, or are you just saying, Hey man, I know what works for me and I'm going to stick to that game plan for now. Yeah. I, I went into my opening day with just this grand plan of like what it was going to look like for me. And like, I felt great in warmups and then I had a 72 minute rain delay after yeah, I right. woke up. 
Yeah. And then had to go back out to the bullpen and like try to throw some more pitches to get warm. And I don't know what happened, but in that 72 minute delay, like my arm just like felt slow. Mm. And so like I had no change up. I had no slider and I had to like really lean on my fastball. Like my, my, the pitches were there obviously, but like they just didn't feel sharp. They didn't feel like I didn't have like excellent command of them or excellent control even. And so like, I was like trying really hard to just like, how can I just gut through this game? Um, I hadn't pitched in 14 days because my start before my back just kind of was a little tight and the team was like, Hey, like we don't want to chance anything at all. Mm. And so they just skipped my start the day of, and which is, you know, which was fine, but it was like, I felt a little rusty and then I didn't have my stuff. And then, so I kind of didn't really have, like once I started, I knew I could throw any game plan out the window and just go compete. And, um, you know, we were able to, to keep us close. I mean, I think I gave up two runs over almost six and five and two thirds. And then the next, next start out, like it was like the exact opposite. Like mm. I couldn't, I couldn't miss, like we had a great game plan going in. I felt, and I, all my pitches just were clicking from the bullpen pre warmups to, to the, throughout the whole game. Um, and it's kind of one of those days as pitchers that like when they happen, like you just, you just, you don't want to stop. You don't want to leave the mound. Right. You just want to keep it going because you get a handful of those a year where like everything works like that. Um, not a hundred percent sure, but I'm pretty sure that 26 swing and misses was the most I've had in a single game mm. in my career. Like I, I can't be a hundred percent sure of that, but I, I would, I would bet it's up there. In the, if it's not number one, it's number two. Yeah. That's a gallows pull that easily without a doubt. The most whiffs in a day. Uh, if you got 26 easily. Yeah. Why don't you tell uh, Dan or listeners at home what a gallows pull <laughs> gallows pull goes to the, uh, the person, the pitcher who threw, who earns the most whiffs in a given day. I'm um, named Joey oh, okay. Gallo, like a gallows pull, but he obviously whiffs a lot. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so uh, I he guess took a, me deep. It's okay. It's weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, he said that to uh, a lot of. People. Oh yeah. He's a, um, yes. But I. Uh, so has your game plan changed a lot? I mean, obviously that's a massive. That's a really excellent start that you had. Do you feel like that's just kind of you being you, or was there any kind of tinkering that you've done uh, being a part of the KBO? So my game planning hasn't really changed because my game plan resource adapted to the KBO. I use a company called Codify and these guys uh, basically make individualized heat maps for me so that that he has this system in place where even if you've never faced the hitter, he has so many people that are like you and what these hitters have done, how they've reacted. Um, I can see you kind of searching for it right now, but it's, I think he's only on Instagram right now and it's still like a kind of a lower key thing, but he like, it's, makes me feel so comfortable. I've used it for, this would be year number four now. Year number five with him. Yeah, year number five. And he had changed everything over, I think because they're not playing in America, he had extra time to switch it over and make it available to me in Korea. And so it's been a great resource. So when I come, when I come in the games, like, even though I don't know these guys, like, I just follow my maps. And if you look at it, their stuff, like, you just have to follow the blue is basically like the whole goal of what you do. And so... I see where the blue is in my hitters that I'm facing. And in that regard, it doesn't matter who's in the box because I'm just, when the guy steps in the box, I just put his number like in my mind and then I can see like his chart right in front of me, basically like by memory. And I just know where to throw it. That's That's, so cool. That is awesome. That's great. So, so, okay. So you're essentially saying like, I'm doing my research, I'm looking at them. And when you say the box, are you doing that by WOBA or are you doing that by whiff rates? Um, he has an incredible system. I 
I'll never get out of him what his uh, what's in the soup that creates right, the okay. the heat maps. But like for me, like when I see like where the blue is, like it's you can see it. You can start to pick up patterns like where like most people I can go to. And then all of a sudden there's a guy that like, oh, I should not throw a fastball away to like mm-hmm. I should only throw him fastballs in. Sure. And so like it's it helps out so much with this kind of stuff. But it's truthfully, it's an incredible tool for pitchers because like it gives us a lot of confidence. Um, there's there's a good amount of guys. Uh, Hendricks, Doolittle, Trinan. There are three mm-hmm. obviously very good. They've all picked it up in the last few years and they've been oh, using wow. it pretty heavily. Um, it all kind of started. I uh, introduced it to Trinan. Uh, through like our agency and then like he was teammates with guys and so the word just kept kind of spreading um and yeah it's just been but like so you like again i don't know what goes in the soup of it right, but right. it works because like he'll never tell his secret sauce i mean he'll never yeah. <laughs> he'll never give that away which he well, shouldn't it's it's his baby i'm just thinking Let's of look- a terminator here just like a target acquired down and away yeah, slider i yeah. love it Let's look at one example in which this worked incredibly well, right? So we're talking about this most recent game on Sunday. It's the top of the third inning. You have Jong Woo Ko up to bat. You throw this gorgeous 0-1 changeup that just makes him look absolutely silly. Then you go up and in with the heater. And then for the strikeout, you come in with, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was the first curveball of the game. Um, it was, yeah. It was the first I thought so. So was that just that that software that you were thinking of, of like, okay, this guy's not going to hit my curveball well? Or were you like, okay, now's the time to bring out this curveball today? Because the curveball is looking pretty, pretty good right about now. It's looking pretty so, good. That was a, uh, a heat of the moment, like, you, you're not touching me type of thing. Like, I don't care what the catcher calls right here. Like, you're not touching me. Like, it's just kind of like you get that attitude on the mound and you just like, it just, I don't, it's, I think it's why I pitch. Like it's, it's that adrenaline rush that you just like, you just feel invincible out there. Um, I don't think it would have really mattered what he would have put down. Like I was like, I was on a mission to strike that guy out. And like, that was where we were going. And uh, my catcher, that kid's 19 and he, he's unreal. Like it's, it's, it's stupid how good he is behind the plate. And uh, I go through like my pregame routine like with him, like, like here, here's what we're going to do today. Um, Cause he doesn't like, he's still like too quiet and the way the culture works here. Like he's not going to like ever like come up to me and be like, Hey, you need to do this. Like he's more of just like, it's just, it's just a different part of the culture. But he, I, I told him, I just told him one time through, through my translator, like, here's what we're going to do today. And he was like, okay, I got it. And like, I'm like, that's it. Not write anything down. Nothing. He's like, no, like I got it. We're good. <laughs> and he followed, he followed the whole plan. And I told him like, here's what we're going to do. Let's do this. Like to the cheddar. And it was, it was honestly, it was kind of impressive, like the way he, he handled it. But yeah, he, uh, he knows that like, I don't have like great command of this new curveball, but he also knows that like it's sharp when it's down and it's really, really been a good pitch. I've thrown like a handful so far and I have two strikeouts on him. I probably have two strikeouts on a curveball in the last decade. But, like <laughs> I have two already this year. I have one per game. So like it's something to build on. And uh, like my whole goal was just to find like something that just wasn't a slider mm-hmm. to like throw OO. and talking a lot with Hank Conger. He stands in on a lot of my bullpens to help give me feedback. And we were like, well, here's the goal is to find just like an OO, like a get me over something, just not a slider and if we unlock something that's better then great. But like, that was never like the goal. The net goal was never to just like, you know, come possess this 12, six, like absolute hammer. Like let's, 
you know, let's, let's stick to my strengths. But I just went to one of my teammates here and it was like day one. I saw this guy throwing a bullpen and I just was just like, okay, how do you hold that? Like usually that's like something sarcastic. I yell during the game when a pitcher bounces a ball in front of home plate, <laughs> I just yell out, how do you hold that? And but I just like walk around like, how do you hold that? And he was just like so excited to like show me his grip. And like, it's nothing like, it's nothing like outrageously different. Right. It's literally just like a knuckle, like curveball grip. Right. But for me, it was the first one that I felt like I could just like throw like a fastball, like get that same kind of hand speed because before I just threw like this pitch. Yeah, you mm. casted it and, out. Yeah. And it was just not, but it was, it's one of, it's the one I threw since I was like a sophomore in high school. And I just was so stubborn, I guess, or so like, you know, Oh, it's, it's fine. I don't really need it. But like, I would literally like in my mind felt like I had like a major league slider, a major league, like fastball, major league changeup, and a double a curveball. Mm-hmm. And so like, I treated it that way. I treated it like just like kind of like barely thrown 2%, 3% pitch. And I just wanted something that, you know, we're facing less teams. There's only 10 teams here. And I was like, we had extra time. I mean, at this time, I thought I was only going to have two months of spring training, not three. But we had extra time at spring training. So I was like, okay, let me pick one of these guys' brains. Like, this guy's curveball is pretty filthy. Let me see it. Because he's a four-seam curveball guy. Mm. And I only throw a four-seam. So I was like, yeah, let me try it out. And, uh, you know, so far, it's been working because it just it's the first time I've grabbed a baseball like this to throw a curveball and just felt like I can just throw the crap out of it at the top of the zone and have it do exactly what I want it to do so do you find yourself because you're having that tunneling right that you're throwing at the top of the zone and then it's falling out of it do you find yourself using your fastball higher up in the zone now um a lot of a lot of KBO guys are really good down in the zone so um, and that really just kind of fits to my strengths anyway. Like I've been throwing up in the zone before it was cool to throw up in the zone kind of thing. Like <laughs> just like has been there for me. Sure. And it, it used to be like, I would just miss there all the time. Right. Like that was kind of my thing. Like I try to go down and away if I like, you know, just throw it there, I can get it there. But if I try to throw it as like, like as hard as I could there, it was always up in the hands. And so like before I could like harness that before I realized what I was really doing, when I was younger and like it was just the way I got out. But then all of a sudden it was like when I tried to, when I tried to throw it up there, it wasn't as effective. So it was like mm-hmm. something changed in, in the way the ball comes off my hand when I'm trying to throw it up there versus. So now it's like, I, I tell my catcher just stay down. Like you can call mm-hmm. fastball up, but I need you to stay down because if you stand up, I'm going to just zoo this pitch. And like, if you don't, if you stay down, I'm probably going to throw it right where you want it. So like, my catcher now will give me like fastball up and then fastball away and he'll just set up away and it'll be up. And he just, it's like, he just, we just have that communication going. That's so good to hear. Yeah. We've seen that. Actually, we heard someone else say that before and we've saw it from, I mean, we keep mentioning it, but Jake Odorizzi does that in the twins. Like Garver would just stay down and away and everything from him is always up. Um, There is something about that mentality of like, you actually change just the slightest little thing. You don't really know what it is, but I I totally understand that. It's, it looks, it, it's, like it's almost like I'm sacrificing looking decent on TV when it's like, oh, this guy just keeps missing yeah. for a game plan. And right, right. You know, like it's, that's just the way we do it, though. Like me and my catcher just have that like connection where it's like, hey, dude, he knows what what makes me tick. It's like uh, you'll never see a catcher go up and in with a fastball like setup because if he puts his glove up underneath the hands, 
like my fastball will leak and will hit the guy. Like that's yeah. just I've tried it so many times and I'm sorry to anybody that's been drilled by it, but like that's me trying to get better. <laughs> and but if he sets up down and in and tells me to throw it up, there's a good chance that I can get it up there when I just throw it at his face. But when I throw it at his glove when it's up, it never gets to the glove. It always it always leaks arm side. I I love hearing that. I mean, it's like you said, you know, it's like I don't necessarily going to look pretty on TV. And like the good thing that Nick and I try to remind ourselves of a majority of the time is that no matter how much we study baseball, no matter how much we study pitching, we're still dumb at the end of the day. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's really and I'm, I'm, I'm not even joking. It's good for us to hear this stuff because, you know, some of these analysts in the fantasy baseball industry and we've been guilty of this before too, of being like, this is how it is. We understand it. We watch baseball. So I love hearing that from you because it's very refreshing because it makes us uh, more educated uh, on the topic. So I, I want to talk also about, aside from the slider, which we're going to get to in a bit, you're just kind of like the king of grips, right? Uh, like, let, let's talk about this 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 changeup for a second, okay? I read this Eno Saris piece, this great piece back in 2013 on Fangraphs. You had gone through about 17 different grips on your changeup before settling on one. And I, I saw in this most recent start, the camera angles in the KBO are fantastic, by the way. They are zooming in on your hand almost every effective pitch, which is a lot, especially this last game. The changeup grip looked slightly different from the one that you settled on in 2013. Do we have an 18th or 19th new changeup grip? It's the same. It is the same. Okay. It's the same. If All anything, right. there might be like a difference in like if it's like here spread or here or mm -hmm. like sometimes that changes like per like the day or like the situation. But like pretty much. Yeah, that was a incredible journey to for me to find a change up. I had a pitching coordinator that was very, very patient with me. And you said 17. Like, I don't remember all of them. I know there was a ton and there probably was 17 if that's what you know and I were talking about back then but <laughs> I've thrown the same one since then so like it's but some of them lasted one throw where I was just like nope that ain't it and like we just kept tilting and changing and moving because mind you this was before Edgetronic this was before Rap Soto this was before right, we had the right. ability to do these things so it was just it was literally like the the guess and try era of pitching still and Gil Patterson was just so patient with me but he kept telling me like dude if you can unlock this changeup, you're going to go from here to the major leagues so fast. Mm. And he was right. It was, I think, 14 starts after I learned it. I was in the big leagues from high A. Like, it was just incredible because all of a sudden I had this weapon to get out lefties. Right, right. And it was at the pretty much at the end of my uh, my second year of, of pro ball is when I learned to pitch finally. And it was just... Also, I got got to double A the next year, and I had this weapon for lefties, and then I had them, you know, and it's in it, it. The the dynamics of it is most of the time it mirrors my slider, and so if I'm going to the same spot, I'm literally coming in this way or this way to the exact same place, and so it really makes it a tough challenge because then if you start crossing them, like you know, we're talking about pitch tunneling, now it's like which one are you going to get? So right. right. The ability to use that kind of stuff, um, the way we understand it now, but no, it's uh, the grip's the same. But like when you see like the high resolution cameras and whatnot, like it it comes off my fingers more like you would traditionally see like a splitter, right? Like mm -hmm. on those cameras, mm -hmm. like in my mind, like it looks like it's coming off like this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But because of the HD cameras and the zoom, I know it's not really how it happens. Mm. Yeah, it, it's funny. I mean, so what you were describing for everyone listening is you essentially are thinking that like the back of the horseshoe. 
um, and uh, kind of wedging almost between your index finger and your pinky uh, as, yeah. as you release it. Um, yeah, Fast was showing it to me before. Like he actually got a screen cap. Is like Nick, what is this? I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is a kind of an adaptation of the circle grip, a little bit. Um, I mean, is your thumb completely off of it on release, or are you actually are you having your thumb still on it? Oh, my thumb comes off. Um, but for me, like a big key is curling that finger. Yeah. Like if that okay. thing, if that index finger is not curled, even it finishes curled or it finishes mm-hmm. straight. But like, like when as the ball comes off, it like straightens out and like keeps the ball like in line with my middle finger sure as like it's the last thing to kind of to kind of kick it sideways right right or you know to to get that the to get the pull down to get it to the and try to i mean the goal i guess is to get like that the what is it the the weight shifted seam base the change yeah, of right, strasberg right. <laughs> effect stuff yeah like, yeah like that's kind of like what you want as a pitcher is something that just baffles hitters like that, where they, their eyes can't perceive what it's doing. Right. And so, um, yeah, like that's the, the finger comes off, the thumb comes off. Um, I can't pronate. Mm -hmm. Like when I throw a baseball, like I cannot pronate period. Like the ball is so far past, so far out of my hand by the time I pronate, it's like, it's like ball release, Dan pronates like it's right. not even close. So <laughs> right, right, right. all my pitches are like pretty different compared to most people because of that. Yeah. And yeah, so makes, makes a lot of sense. But I know I'm not the only non-pronator out there. So <laughs> there are dozens of us. Dozens. <laughs> At least two somewhere. Oh man. I uh, so uh, so just to follow up on that, with something I thought that was actually really interesting in that grip was how directly underneath your thumb ended up. Because typically what we see on change, especially with that circle change stuff, you're actually relying on the webbing of your hand to actually have the opposite pressure of your, like the tips of your fingers. As you need something pushing down to kind of allow you to grip the ball and release properly. And as you had it, you had it where your thumb was actually still there. So if, if right, so your thumb is underneath as yeah. opposed to normally where it's like this. So you have to rely on your hand actually to be that down pressure so you can push down with your uh, middle and, and ring finger. I kind of love that. It gives you more control of it, I feel, um, because if it's on the web and then it kind of isn't sitting right once, then okay, that's not going to be a good one at all. But if you have your thumb, then it's just, you can actually keep it there for a little bit longer too. So that's a really cool grip. I've never seen that one before. I love it. If, every time I show people my slider and my change up, people are like, good for you, dude. <laughs> like, like, yeah, good, good, good one. Well, like. Well, I haven't seen the slider yet, though. Well, so that's that's the perfect transition. Let's let's talk about the slider, okay? Because uh, you know, as I mentioned, Colin McHugh says one of the tightest, nastiest sliders he's ever seen. Let, let's give people at home listening some context too, okay? This is, I believe, seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven consecutive seasons of positive PVAL on that slider, okay? And then I looked up the woba on that slider between 2012 and 2018. All right, and it's top. 12. Okay. We're talking about better than Luis Severino in that time, better than Sabathia, better than DeGrom, better than Verlander, better than Chris Archer, better than Pineda, better than Matt Cain, mm. better than Garrett Cole. The list goes on and on and on. The pitch is absolutely fantastic. Let's start from the beginning. How did you learn it? Where did it come from? I think I know it's from John Farrell's son, but that's all I know. Yeah. I went to college with Shane Farrell, John Farrell's son. And I had like that same bad curveball, and I had a version. The my changeup in college was a, a similar grip to the one I throw now, but it was different. It was like it was like a circle attempt, mm-hmm. but so I didn't have like 
I basically could throw like up to 94 and like that was kind of it. Like that was why I got drafted in 24th round and had to become a product of the system. But Shane threw this like cutter slider thing that I was just like so envious of. And like he could just dot it up. He would just grab it. And it was just a traditional like, you know, just a just a cutter grip, slider grip. Like it was it was like a big cutter for him basically. So he showed it to me and like this is like a week to go of my junior year. Like he showed it to me because he was just being nice like you know what i mean like i was finally like just had enough of like dude i need to see this like so he showed it to me and i threw it a couple flat grounds and then we're going to the conference tournament and pitching against rice and there's this kid named anthony rendon on the team that i'm like <laughs> oh my gosh i'm gonna unleash this pitch on this guy and i'm, I'm finally gonna get him out and it was the last pitch i threw in college that was deposited over the left field wall <laughs> and uh so much for that not on this gardening report. Doesn't matter to Anthony. Um, took it deep. Next at bat, I saw him was eight years later. He took me deep again. Um, well, <laughs> that was that was it though. Just those two. But, no one hits three but, home runs off Dan Straley. Yeah, maybe. Uh, plenty of people have. But uh, they, uh, the slider was kind of like I was like, okay, I'm gonna put it back in my back pocket here. Go on to summer ball up in the Northwoods. Got drafted. Uh, went to short season ball. Went to Instructs, no slider. And then got to the offseason and started working on the slider. And my catcher was Max Stassi. I had him in Instructs. I had him in short season. And then we're in like, like where, where were we? Like somewhere in like Wisconsin for my, my first low A season. And in my first game, like I get this guy two strikes and Stassi puts down a three. And like I haven't thrown a slider in like weeks. I'm like just trying so hard to like you know just get ready for the season. And I throw this pitch and it bounces in front of home plate, strike three. And I was like, huh, okay. <laughs> and then the next guy, we get him two strikes, and Max does the same thing. And this one bounced in strike three. And I was just like kind of onto something here. And like from there, it just took off. But it was never like. It was almost like accidental. Like if I wonder if back then if he hadn't just like put down three, like if we would have if I even would have discovered this pitch for myself. Mm. Mm. But what makes this pitch very unique for me is like most guys throw this with their thumb underneath, right? Yeah. My thumb is like up here. What? Because I just throw this pitch like as hard as I can, like a fastball from like right here. Mm-hmm. And knowing that my fingers are gonna finish on the side right here. Like, I just, I can't, I've never been able to, like, if I put my thumb down, this ball, I have no clue where it's going. It's probably going to end up, like, being thrown, like, up up and into, like, a lefty on accident or yanked right. into the dirt. But for some reason, when I put my thumb on the top, the thumb comes off for me. Like, immediately comes off. Like, when I watch my, like, see pictures of it, my thumb is actually off the baseball. But I started up here, and it just allows me to just feel like this, like, two fingers just like, just trying to like right. bullet a baseball towards the plate. So, so essentially, what you're doing, right? So, because your thumb is on the left, you're relying then on the ring finger and pinky essentially to be the base for it, right? You have to turn to get that centered. So that, yeah. that, make, that makes sense to me because then, like, you're you're not starting there. You have your thumb on the side and also your fingers on the side. So then on release, then you're twisting a little bit to uh to then so that already starts your wrist and your fingers towards the right to get more spin on it and then you have it underneath and then you that's where you pull down that's that's interesting so you're essentially forcing yourself you're talking about someone i mean you're prone to going the other way but nevertheless trying to force yourself to get more spin by moving your thumb away 
I've never heard that, and that makes so much sense. Well, I just get the thumb out of the equation because it doesn't right. block it. I can't accidentally touch it there. And it, for me, like, is I feel like the freedom to, like, throw that pitch as hard as I want with the fastball feel. I don't feel like I'm constricted by having my thumb blocking it. And so I don't know if it's because of the way, like, I, I don't pronate that allows me to get away with that, if you will. But that's part of the, like part of my process for it is just like get my thumb out of the way like don't don't accidentally bump it and when it just comes off like that it just makes it that much easier for me that's great i love that are do you we have like a, a one or two more you are you good on time i know you're you're you're, you're busier than we are okay great no, you guys are great my son's eating dinner right now he doesn't care about me when food's on the table we're good we're good <laughs> he's focused on on becoming the next sandy koufax that's all that's that matters right. uh by the way i looked up just because you seem like the kind of guy who would get a kick out of it you've only hit 16 players with your fastball by the way over your entire career yeah that's but i it. don't yeah, but that's because I learned that about myself. With the, I'm, I'm much better at hitting people with a changeup than I think okay. I am. Because <laughs> I, I was gonna say, I, although I will, do you remember the very first person you hit with a fastball? Pujols. It was Albert Pujols. Yes. Yeah, it was. I was. There's like he had like this little down and in window. It was back when I still tried to throw a two seam fastball, and if you could get like down under the zone on the inside, you could get him. That was like the only chance I had to like, I feel like to like, you know, this 23 year old kid trying to face Albert Pujols, you know, what was that? Much a little different version, a little younger Albert Pujols. But yeah, I, I think it was in like my second game I ever pitched in the big leagues. That is, this I probably apologized and felt so sorry. <laughs> no, you I'm, I, where'd you ahead. get him? Do you know? Do you remember? I, I don't remember. Okay. I don't remember. Yeah, I, just, I hope it, like I worried that like big like, like a kneecap or something like that. You hear down. Oh, just no, like, oh, I probably God. it was probably hip area. Like okay. it was probably okay. a bad miss. That's usually what happens. So you guys have like as pitchers, the, you, you just gave the perfect example. The, the memory that you have about a pitch that you threw on July or G- July 25th, 2013. <laughs> you remember it super well. What what is one pitch? That uh, and let's go for a positive one here. Maybe one strikeout or one game-ending pitch, whatever. One pitch that has struck stuck with you throughout your entire career. Ball one to Odubo Herrera, my first time facing the Phillies in Philadelphia. This is his second at bat. It was the most impressive changeup I've ever thrown in my life. <laughs> I it had like, if you go look up the data on it, like it had something like. 40 inches of like horizontal or vertical and like 20 some of like horizontal. Like it must've just like caught like the perfect air and Tucker Barnhart gold glove winning Tucker Barnhart missed it. Wow, man. Like he went to catch it and it just like kept going and it was ball one according to whoever was calling balls and strikes that day. But go watch the video if you can find it and uh, tell me if you think it was ball one or not. Oh, I'm will. already loading yeah. it right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm already searching for it. <laughs> I mean, I feel bad. I mean, I don't know where that was in Cincinnati or, or Philadelphia. Whatever it is, in the Philly. camera angle won't do it justice, unfortunately. It, it it might. It might. It was, yeah. Then, then other than that, um, the, again, there, my Major League debut, there was a change-up to Anthony Ghost that was uh, pretty unbelievable in my mind. And then... Uh, when let me like there's a there's like not that many that you're like but now that i'm sitting here thinking about it like wow like most of my 
fond memory pitch ups pitches have been change ups. Hmm. Like that's kind of weird. Well, I mean, that's like, the pitch that you've like searched for for ages. So I feel I understand if you have yeah. that kind of reward feeling with like you're so proud of it. Yeah, and I think it's because like I feel like I could close my eyes and like throw a slider where I want to, mm-hmm. like for me to like when I the change up when it catches the air the right way like to me is just it's gorgeous like I freaking love my change up I just it's so hard to get like the exact consistent release on that pitch because of the way I throw like you know it's not like the you know it's not just like a three fingered like fastball type of change up like that you can just kind of repeat 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 the one I can repeat like it's similar but then. I can get it to look like the same shape, but then when it catches the air perfectly, like that's when to me, like it's super memorable. Right. I yeah. One more question here. I, I have to ask. I so what what has surprised you the most so far about the KBO? <sighs> I was really hoping for bigger bat flips so far. <laughs> yeah. Like I've seen a couple, but. Like I thought they'd be, and I'm sure we got plenty more baseball to come. And I think it's because the fans aren't here, but um, there's been a few things that I've just been like, okay, that's different. Like changing at the, uh, changing at the hotel, not at the, not at the field. Like oh. that was, that was different. Um, Cause there's no clubhouse managers on the road. So like you just, you change and you come to and from the hotel and you put your laundry in a, in the hotel laundry bag and set it out front of your room after your game. And it's folded out in front of your door the next morning. Hmm. Um, all the meals are at the hotel. Like you don't, or the pregame is actually at the field. Sorry, but like the there's like breakfast and lunch and a postgame meal at the hotel. Like it's just different, and different isn't bad. It's just just different. Yeah, right. Um, it is weird not being able to talk to the umpires. Like, uh, oh, wow. uh, um, I can't. There's just nothing I can say. And last year, um, the story they warned us with is last year a foreigner threw a pitch. And then yelled, like, where is that? Like, where, where is that? Like, ah, where, where do you think that is? And the umpire threw him out of the game. Really? And after the game, after the game, the umpire was asked, you know, what, like, why, why did you eject him? Oh, I, I thought he was, I thought he was cursing at me. I thought he told me to F off. Uh, and he was just like, uh, no, he asked you where the pitch was. And he was like, well, I don't speak that language. I, his, he was, he looked angry and aggressive. Like, okay, that's fair. Sure. Like, like all I can do is like when the umpire looks at me after after I throw like a warm up pitch, he's like, "Hey, two more," and I'm like, "Ah, like six, six. <laughs> and uh, like they're just but they're just trying to hurry the game up. Like the clocks here don't matter. Like if there's two minutes between innings, and at like a minute twenty, the umpire's like, "Hey, let's go, let's go," and you're like, "Hey, time, we got plenty of it, let's go." <laughs> And that's just, but like this, the the two o'clock games, like they don't start at two, like they start at like one fifty five, like just like stuff that just doesn't yeah. happen back home. Like it was like uh, one fifty two, and my teammates are all like yelling at me from the line, like, "Hey, let's go, let's go!" And I'm like, "Guys, we got eight, eight yeah. minutes." Yeah. And so like we went on the field though, and I started pitching early, and like I was like, "Okay, we're all ready. The other team's ready. It's not like we're waiting for much." Like, yeah. So that if the cameras miss a couple pitches, like these guys just don't care. They just, let's, let's get it going. Let's get the game going. So just a little bit different. Uh, I could do this for hours with how, what's different, but yeah, it's just, those are some of the things that have really stood out so far. Dude, I, I just, I, if you're going to curse, you just got to do it with a smile on your face, man. Yeah. <laughs> you just got to curse them out with a big smile. I was like, Hey, you're, you're not very good at your job. <laughs> like, <laughs> and they can't do anything. They like, can't do like, anything. Oh, I said with a smile. Yeah. 
Exactly. Oh, that's um, amazing. Well, people have shouted at me how much I suck all the time. Like, no matter what you're doing, you could be having the best season of your career, and they're like, "Hey, you suck. You're a bum." And you're like, "No, I'm not. Yeah, I'm playing professionally. Thank you." <laughs> um. Oh God. All right. So Nick lied. I have one final one, and that will let you go because I have to ask you because I think you have such a unique perspective on this. And for those listening, I bet you can find out the answer to this on on Dan's uh, Journeyman podcast, as we said, which is going to launch pretty soon. Really excited about that. Y- you've you said you are a a journeyman. You are playing thousands of miles from home. You've got an absolutely adorable three year old son, or he's about to be three, I believe. And you've got this global pandemic coming on. I I don't you know, or not coming on happening. You're also experiencing a new culture the mental game of baseball is something that i don't think we talk about enough as you said you are you know earlier in the cast you're a human being you know what i mean that you're not just a major league pitcher or a kbo pitcher a professional you're a human being how are you dealing with all of this how do you how do you manage all this how do you still go to the field and strike out 11 with a, a filthy change up slider and, and 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 curveball yeah you uh there's a big human side to this thing that a lot of people don't realize. Like I'm not just, there's so much more to me than Dan Straley, the baseball player, right? Like they're just, there just is. And, uh, my wife and son are the reason I'm still doing this at age 31. I'm trying to provide for myself, myself and my family. Like, like I'm really only good at like one thing on this whole planet and it's not Microsoft Excel. It's throwing baseballs. Mm-hmm. So like I'm, I have to ride that wave and, even though like we're not all Scherzer and DeGrom and you know, we're not all like these, like the, the, the freaks, if you will, of the, of the game. Like I know I'm a good pitcher and I know that I have what it takes to get out. And yeah, it might not be at the same level as some, if you will, but I know that I'm damn good and I know that I have what it takes. And so me coming over here was just my way of saying like, you know what, like there's a lot of politics I dealt with last year, a lot of stuff that 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 made it much more difficult for me to focus on getting outs than I ever thought imaginable. You know, getting let go from Miami out of the blue, out of nowhere was really hard for me to rebound. And it and it put me into a tailspin where I could not get out of that thing. And it took two months of failure and me getting sit down to the minor leagues to me to really like able to like get a grasp on what was going on. And me coming over here was not like me giving up on my goals in the major leagues. Me coming over here was a year away from the politics and away from the ability to get sent down and ability to be manipulated that way, if you will. I came over here to to show that like I have not lost it. I just didn't have it for those two months. And the only reason I'm even here is because I got sent down to Norfolk and shoved. Like I did, like it was, I had a bad game in there. Yeah, of course. I'm a, I'm a human. I'm a pitcher, but I had like 12 really, really good starts to finish my season. And that was enough for me to get a job over here. They don't just hand out these jobs. They don't just hand out million dollar jobs overseas just to anybody. And I knew how that was my goal when I got sent down was to pitch well enough to get over here. And when I get over here, it's just to prove to the baseball community that I haven't lost it. I just didn't have it for that short period of time. And so uh, I know that got deep pretty quick, but we're like, that's what I'm doing, man. Like I'm over here just working my butt off every single day with a goal of, I want my son to watch me pitch in the big leagues at a time that like he'll remember. 
because mm. I can't imagine what that's like to go watch your dad pitch in the big leagues. And I want my son to experience that. He's seen me pitch enough times, and but he's not going to remember those years. And so that's been my goal. And, uh, you know, I can't let, I can't let a pandemic stand in my way. Right. Like I can't, yeah. I can't let these things that I have, I have control over very little in this game, but I have control over my attitude and I have control over my work ethic and I have control over like essentially like my focus and what I'm, what I'm deeming my focus for the time. And so I'm here to do that. And, you know, I'm just going to make sure that I leave no stone unturned and I'm going to work on everything I can to, to get back there. And, if it's one year, great. If it's two, great. Like I don't, there's no like plan. There's no like set plan for it. You know what I mean? The plan is go pitch, get outs one day at a time. All the cliches you can think of, they really work, but just here to work and get better. So I'm just blessed to be playing because my two options were pick one of my, my teams that I was being offered minor league deals to in America and fight for a job or come over here and have a guaranteed deal. And Obviously, I made the right decision just based off that information alone because you can't fight for a job if you're sitting at home. And so, again, like just here to work and play baseball and just continue to just do what I love, which is trying to strike out 10 guys every single time I take the mound. Yeah, listen. I mean, listen. First and foremost, I mean, what a, what a powerful, impactful answer. And I, you know, I know it's never easy to be uh, uh, um, as honest about that. And I can't thank you enough for doing that. And and also, you know. We're, we're pulling for you, man. I mean, everyone we've talked to between really? Sung Min Kim and talked to Eno and guys like that, we're all on your side. We're all in your corner. And I I, I, I have to thank you because, I mean, I remember I woke up on Mother's Day and before I even came down to make my mother coffee because she's lucky enough to, you know, she's lucky enough. She's fortunate enough to let me stay with her. I oh, she's checked, lucky. Yeah, she's lucky. <laughs> I checked that box score. And I saw not only 11 Ks, but the first double digit K of the KBO season. And I was like, oh, Dan Straley's got it, man. Like Dan Straley, he's friggin got it. And you did, man. So we're, we're really pulling for you. I'm so excited for your next start. I believe it's against the Hanwha Eagles later on this week. Uh, and we can't thank you enough, man. You're on the other side of the world. I think it's like almost 11 where you are right now. Right. And uh, you took time out of your schedule. He talked with us. Can't thank you enough, man. We really appreciate it. Appreciate you guys. Um, all right. What a great episode. God, I can't I guess. Can we get off so we can finally have people <laughs> listen to this? Uh, it's fantastic stuff. Thank you so much for joining us, Dan. We'll be watching you this week. Uh, check him out on Twitter at Dan Straley 67. Check out the Journeyman podcast coming soon. Dan, thanks again. We'll talk to you later. Appreciate it, guys. Take care.